Hey, Late Fees Besties! The No More Late Fees podcast is now available on Patreon. Subscribe to receive exclusive content including Ask Me Anythings, playlists, live streams, bonus clips, and more. Check us out at patreon.com forward slash no more late fees. Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees rewatching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are covering the 2000 movie Love and Basketball with guests Bria and Simone of the Roll Call podcast. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We're so excited about this one. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, Love and Basketball takes place in the late 80s with Monica and Quincy, who are two childhood best friends who both aspire to be professional basketball players. Quincy, whose father Zeke plays for the Los Angeles Clippers, is a natural talent, and Monica is ferociously competitive and sometimes overly emotional, man speak, on the court. (laughs) Over the years, the two begin to fall for each other, but their separate past, two basketball stardom, threaten to pull them apart. The movie stars Omar Epps, Sanai Lathan, Kyla Pratt, Alfred Woodard, Dennis Haysbert, Regina Hall, and Debbie Morgan. The movie was written and directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood, and you can watch it on HBO Max. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. You know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves we give. But at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Uh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Dumpster fire. <laughs> so, ladies, I'll start with you, Simone. What would you give Love and Basketball your Y2K rating? My Y2K rating for this one would be a five day rental. I would watch it again. Absolutely. This one was, uh, we can, we'll get into this later on in the show. And I do not mind embarrassing myself at all because I'm a middle school teacher. I do it every damn day. So I'm really good at it. But um, I had a real sexual awakening with this movie. Um, And so for me, my Y2K self would absolutely give this a, a, a five day rental. And Bria, what about you? Mine is going to be, Mom, you need to buy this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Need a copy. Make it happen. (laughs) I remember watching it when I worked at Blockbuster, but I only watched it the one time. So I'm going to give it a two-day rental for my Y2K self because I had only watched it that one time. For me, I was in college. I was at a Black college. And then this movie came out. Because, like, if I really think about it, there's only a maybe a handful of, like, romance Black love movies that 
like that I really loved. A lot of them came out when I was younger and I didn't understand, but this came out right when I was in the midst of like having my own real life love experiences. So it's a would buy it, would buy it again. Absolutely love this movie. So yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it, my mom actually walked in and said, Oh, I was just watching that yesterday. So it's a family thing here. Oh, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, after we watched it, it was on VH1. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I love when that happens after we've watched something because I'm like, we on to something. It's one of my sister-in-law's favorite movies. And so we literally, she pulled out her DVD and we watched it on DVD last night. Way and Ken go, had, right? <laughs> he wasn't playing. And um, Ken had never seen it. And so we waited, we watched it super late because he was doing other stuff. But we all three sat around and watched it together. And she would be like, pay attention to this part. It's important. <laughs> we were like, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie starts off. I'm just First seeing. quarter, 1981. Yes. Starts in 1981. We see the moving trucks and Quincy is playing basketball with his two loser friends. And they, <laughs> and they see another kid come over and they're, you know, Quincy's a little surprised because he's already told his friends that there's a new girl moving into the neighborhood. And uh, then the kid comes and's like wanting to play ball. They say, sure. And then, ha ha, tricked you hoes. I'm a girl. <laughs> she pulls her hat off. And we are introduced to Monica, who loves the ball. And um, <laughs> I and love we, that the first question they asked was, are you nice? <laughs> yeah, you can play. <laughs> yeah. when, they, when they asked if she was nice, though, like, they really meant, does she have skills on the, on yeah. the support? Yeah. And I think when I saw it originally, because, you know, sports, I was like, oh, that's cool that they want to know she's a ninth person. <laughs> now, now I understand that's not exactly what they were saying. <laughs> so she got the skills. She yeah. does. She is, she is hooping and making shots. I'm trying to use the correct terminology. This is why I love this movie because it integrates sports, but has a romantic like tie into it. So I don't feel like super dumb that I don't know what's going on in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then of course, Quincy's toxic masculinity kicks in because she's, she's hooping and she's winning and he don't like that. So mm-hmm. what does he do? He pushes her. Yes. Which I really like that they made this whole scene to explain Sanaa Lathan's real life scar on her yeah. face. So she has to go get bandaged up at home. And then you're introduced to her mom, her dad, and her sister, who are played by Alfred Woodard, Regina Hall, which, by the way, Sanaa Lathan and Regina Hall are best friends in real life. And I they've love been that. In- yeah they've been in multiple movies together yeah so she's coming in her mom's fussing at her because she's rough and her mom is quite prissy and that's not how young ladies behave 
we see the family dynamic. You also mm-hmm. see on the Quincy side, you're, you go back to his house and he is drawing a sorry card to um, Monica, which I'm sure his mom made him do. We also see that his mom has a nice trick of buying store-bought cake and presenting it as if she baked it. Yeah. <laughs> and then <Clever>. you, see, <laughs> you see his family dynamic which is his dad who's a Clippers player and his mom who seems to be a housewife as well but the styles of the the contrast of the homes and how they're decorated and the moms show you just like the differences in how different these families are you could tell that the the other family for Monica is just a little bit more of the nuclear very traditional while on Quincy's side, it's more modern, cool um, vibes going on over there. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're both rich. They live in Baldwin Hills, which we yes. all know is the Black Beverly Hills. Yeah. So <laughs> very rich. Um, and, and, and in this dialogue, um, or I guess it's coming up. Oh, when he brings the cake to her in the apology note. <laughs> he's he says he wants to be number 22 because his dad's number 22 and she says i want to be number 32 like magic johnson mm-hmm. i love that scene when they're in the kitchen and they are just like the kids are <laughs> like i could do karate like ISIS, you know <laughs> it's, just, it's so innocent it's just like typical kid conversation yeah yes flirting at its purest form (laughs) and so they're just like talking and then eventually they you know Quincy and his mom go home the dad has said he has a meeting which is important for us later Mm -hmm. um and then you see again the dynamic of Quincy looking at across the a crossover to Monica's house and her sister's braiding her hair and he's kind of looking at her and the dad comes home and his parents are like obviously I'm guessing fooling around or joking or that's doing what nasty. I said yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he seems kind of happy because you know they're happy yeah then Monica's mom is like I found the dresses you tried to hide from me <laughs> and her sister's doing her hair and just like for me to see just the normal, it being normal to do the very everyday things that a Black family would do in their home. You know, Mm -hmm. a girl just sitting there tenderheaded because I was getting her hair done. All those things just felt really nice to see on the big screen in a movie. Next day, she has to wear the dress. She's walking to school. She meets up with Quincy. And now he wants her to be his girl. And um, I think this scene is funny, but when I found out that the two stars, Kyler Pratt um, and the little boy who played Quincy, I'm just going to call it that because I don't know who he is, and <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, they, he, she agrees. She's like, well, what do I have to do? And he's like, just like be together and we, we have to kiss. And so they go in the little bushes to kiss apparently the director this was pulling from her real life and that's how her first kiss happened he counts to five seconds um the two actors could not get this done in rehearsal at all 
they could really? not stop laughing. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Aww. Yeah. Was it their first kiss? Do probably. Know? Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cause this was like young Kyla Pratt. Yeah. 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 And a full five seconds, like a full five Mississippis of seconds is a long time. Not like <laughs> a, a one, two, three, four, like a, yeah. it's long. It's a long time. Yeah. That's commitment. And, <laughs> and I love how his rationale is since you're my girl, you have to ride on my bike. She's like, I got my own bike. Back with like, the no. toxic masculinity. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I think the movie does pull at the dynamics of that. What does it mean to have your own identity as a woman mm-hmm. to try to have, you know, self-reliance and, and independence, but also be in a relationship? And I think this movie does a really good job of showing the struggles. I don't mm-hmm. know if how it ends necessarily is the best, but I think for a lot of Black women who have to they learn, they have to learn to be independent. The whole relationship thing isn't always the easiest kind of thing to navigate. Um, And so you're taught to be so independent, but then you become, you get into a relationship and you have no idea how you're supposed to navigate that when you're told to only rely on yourself. So it's Mm -hmm. just super, (laughs) super difficult. And I think Monica definitely goes through that because she is very strong and she's mm. seen her mom, who's like the complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, when this is jumping ahead, but like, you know, the dynamic between her and her mom, I feel like she's almost like, I don't want to be like my mom in a way. Yeah. And so that probably really impacts like her journey of like, I got to go and get it and her whole dream of being the first female in the NBA like that's like absurd but like she's so like convinced throughout the movie like that's her goal yeah and I like how so they get in an argument and then she says your dad plays for the worst team in the NBA (laughs) big (laughs) hand That had to be like the shortest relationship ever, but that was what it was like when we were young. Mm-hmm. And now it's the second quarter in 1988. And can we talk about this movie soundtrack? Oh, oh my god, so yes, good. I'm prepared. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm prepared to listen to Bria talk about it because that was we watched this movie together and I have a lot of notes separately about my experience watching it with her and experience just of the movie. But that was one thing we definitely noted. We're like this, like I would buy this soundtrack. This is a bop of a soundtrack. It's yes. Yes. Yeah. And I just want to note too, like Jackie said, like this movie being broken up in quarters is so like, so good. Yes. Like Jane and Prince Blythe, like, yes. Genius. <laughs> Especially for the podcast, I was like, oh, I can really take notes. (laughs) Yes, yes. So we're in the second quarter. We are at, I believe we're at Quincy's game. Yes. I shazammed the song. Uh huh. And you know who sings it? (laughs) Oh, oh, I wrote this. Hold on. I wrote this because we've had, yes, MC Light writes this, sings this song. And, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I'm not going to fuck that up again. MC Light, not Mick Light. M-C-Light. 
I mean, MC Light, Light as a Rock, like that is such a poignant like song to start off the next quarter with, like yes. especially with Monica playing basketball. Like it just like you're like, yeah, like as a little girl. <laughs> like <laughs> so Monica's game is first, right? And yes, then Quincy's so. game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that they do this because it shows just the like the the differences in their game, the differences in support. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. especially if you are a female and you you ever played sports growing up at mm. the high school or collegiate level, right. disparities between the two just like are ridiculous. The funding, mm-hmm. the amount of people that come to the games. Yeah. It, the, it sucks. the facilities the yeah. facilities that yeah the funny and the cheer team and mm-hmm. at like the squad that follows both games yeah. i yeah. definitely noted that too and I'm, i like how they left that in it's definitely a commentary on how both um like male sports and female sports are treated and viewed so we see you know quincy at his game he's the star um, after we see Monica and her game and her dad is there, of course, and she gets heated and she is pissed and she, you know, there's a scout in the audience as well. Um, she's not doing great. Not doing great at all. Uh, <laughs> pressure is on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pressure is really, really bad for her. I'm trying to remember if she played two games or one game, but I think it's the first game she doesn't do well. Yeah. She loses the game. Or well, is she, game she, she got game. pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. gets pulled out. Yeah. She's pissed. Um, because there's a scout there and that's like her ticket to like, it's a UCLA scout. And yes. so she knows like how important it is for her to perform and she gets pulled out of the game for um, a technical foul. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really good Thing that she brings us up in the movie that if a guy did half of the stuff she does on the court she wouldn't get in any trouble she wouldn't get a foul it would yeah be like, you get um, praised and like oh yeah mm-hmm. that's your passion showing right yeah. you're an aggressive like aggressive but in a good way yeah where player. it's like oh you're emotional because you're a woman uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what they kept telling her you have to not be less emotional but when a guy does it it's just like oh you're you know, you need to chill or maybe a little aggressive, but yeah, it's just the words. Words matter. Words, yeah, or like matter. he wants to win. What do you expect from him? And like, yeah, yeah, you could act like that's another human <laughs> being. I don't know. <laughs> she goes to Quincy's game. One of the girls in the bleachers <laughs> sneaks over to her and says, "Hey, girl." You know, like they're friends, but they're not friends. We all speak girl here. It's Gabrielle <laughs> Union, which yes. love to see her. Um, and she has a wonderful note that she's written to give to Quincy. And since Monica is friends with him and lives next door, and she feels like not even a threat, she's going to give this note to her to give to Quincy. So, side um, note: Gabrielle Union is now married to a NBA player, Dwayne Wade. <gasps> Yes. Yes. And And wasn't she also considered for Monica's role? Yeah, she was. She did. um, Yeah, she did audition. Well, yeah, she wasn't considered. She auditioned, but they were like, you don't look like you play basketball, which I think she actually did. (laughs) She looks pretty. She had some good guns in Bring It Mm -hmm. On. So, yeah. I'm just saying. 
she has a very athletic build yeah she does even in like the like later years on her instagram like she's put on a clover's outfit i'm like damn it you look like you did 20 years ago right like she's still (laughs) super athletic and in shape (laughs) (laughs) so after after quincy's game they go he she asks him for a ride you know pretty much gives him a huge like take me home and they have their banter you start to see mm-hmm. again they have they still have that banter going on mm-hmm. I also like that when she was at her game he watched but as soon as she like lost her shit he it like deuced out or whatever but you can yeah. tell like he comes to her games which I thought was yeah cool. um <laughs> and then they ride home you see they're riding through Baldwin Hills and he and she has the note and she's going to open the note and read it to him. And they, you know, just talking about like how, oh, you mean the girl with the big titties? And she's just like, yes. gross. <laughs> gross. Yes. I mean, that whole interaction is like so interesting and funny. And then when he like is like, well, are you going to go to the dance? Like, who are you going with? Spalding? Like, that is such mm-hmm. a, a line that sticks in your head. Because she's like, Spalding? And it's like the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> because she's so in love with playing basketball. And I think it's interesting, too, because he's like this superstar athlete. Mm-hmm. And his his love, I mean, his love for basketball is there. But I think in a different way. Yeah, and Monica's is so in, yeah, his Monica's is so intense and I like I just really love playing and like I want to be the best and I feel like his is more so chasing after his dad mm-hmm. yeah and trying to be similar in under his dad's like legacy or umbrella of like hey like LeBron James like his son plays basketball and like you kind of like oh well of course his son's gonna be good but I don't, you don't know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I do love that one of the dynamics of Quincy's relationship with his dad, his dad wants him to play basketball, but cares more about him getting an education Yeah, and Mm -hmm. pushes that quite a bit. And Quincy's not quite hearing it because he idolizes his dad and just wants to be like his dad. Yeah. Um, I think his dad could probably sees how hard it is to be in a professional, um, athlete and not be the magic johnson you know he's not a superstar he's just one of the players on the team yeah so and um uh quincy also tells her that's why you won't get recruited your bad attitude (laughs) yeah Yeah, because she's pretty she has not gotten recruited yet Quincy has gotten recruited by a million different schools. He's mm-hmm. just deciding which one he wants to go to. Which um, is usually, you know, I'm a guy's choice. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets home and her sister is doing her hair again, getting ready for another game and pretty much says like, are you going to go to the, to the, um, the spring dance or whatever? And <laughs> she's like, I don't, I'm not interested in this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have anyone, who am I supposed to go with? And her mm-hmm. sister being the queen that she is says, don't worry, I got you. You just worry about your game and I'm going to get you a date. 
I oh, wish my sister would give me that date because <laughs> I just want to say too when we were watching this Simone was like wait and she realized that it was Regina Hall and mm-hmm. I think she's so young and she looks so different than yeah used to come mm-hmm. like scream and stuff like that that she's kind of almost recognizable but I'm just like sitting there like yeah, <laughs> yes. I had a lot of those moments, and I oh, had a, yes. a lot. I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from the State Farm or the Allstate All- commercial." Yes, like, you're yeah. in good hands. I like, <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say, but it's also a good awakening of these were not a lot of the movies that I grew up watching. Like, unlike Bria, and I think mm-hmm. it was you know going forward with our show and our podcast, I was like, "Damn, I really need to watch like." more movies with more like folks of color because I just from like a cultural understanding I would just need to educate myself more and uh verse myself in like more actors and actresses but yeah I had a lot of those moments of like oh 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 back to what you were saying Simone it's just really interesting that like some of these movies made like a ton of money but they're not necessarily mainstream in the sense that like a lot of white people have seen some of these black films and so in the black community we always say that some people are black famous yeah and like a lot of people like Alfred Woodard is to us what you would I don't even want to compare her to Meryl Streep because I hate that shit oh my god that's who I thought of yeah but like in the black community that is top top tier she is a wonderful actress so Mm -hmm. like very popular in the black community but mainstream mainstream appeal where she's crossed over into other movies that she's recognizable but not the same feeling that she has yeah. like in the black community same with Samal Lathan like we she is our like one of our Julia Roberts our America Sweethearts you know situation but it's just interesting like it's like a whole other kind of Hollywood black Hollywood is yeah. completely separate which sucks you know Gabby Union has been in everything she just mm-hmm. has done a great job but she's you know still not considered in the same way that like you know, Cameron Diaz or Drew Barrymore would be, yeah. you know? Yeah. And <laughs> so now we are seeing dad is getting home late at Quincy's house and mom's not having it. She's like, I want you home. He's like, I'm working. So they get into it. And then he, in, he insults her. He's like, Oh, I got to keep your finance in Gucci and gold. She, she showed him Gucci and gold. She threw <laughs> yeah. all that shit at him. <laughs> I was like, is this the OG glimpse of like basketball wise? <laughs> <laughs> Which I love Debbie Morgan. She is an amazing actress. Another character actress that you've probably seen her, but not sure where she comes yeah. from. Mm-hmm. She's also soap opera royalty. I've said it many times because oh. it's the second time she's been in one of the movies we've done. But yeah, they start fighting and then you see Quincy like do what seems to be like a routine he climbs out of his his bedroom window and goes to over to Monica's house and she throws him a pillow throws him a blanket and it just seems like normal which is sad I would just like to point out she's a deep sleeper because it took a hot minute for her to like yeah you said that you're like that (laughs) 
took like oopsie, at least several seconds to like I would go have been over. startled as hell. I would have been like, oh my God. I'm like, God, it's Quincy. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. So that <laughs> probably like as viewers lets us know that this is something that is routine. Because yeah. at this point, Quincy's dad wasn't playing for the Clippers anymore, but he was like a manager or owner of a basketball team, correct? He was doing some. I think I he feel was... Like- I, I feel like remember. he might have been like a sportscaster or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he say he was a recruiter? World. Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think he was doing. Some I'll give you a confident stuff. yes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he was absolutely. I'm not sure, but he was doing something. Yeah, <laughs> something in like deep. the sports arena. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he had a solid job. Yeah. <laughs> And a traveling one. <laughs> a traveling one at that. Excuses for his, you know, philandering ways. So, and now we're at a high school dance in the early 90s. And my, or late 80s. I think late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. yeah. Well, we see her getting ready and her mom is beyond thrilled that she's going to a dance. Where are the got her. Yeah, she got her, she gets to wear grandma's pearls. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big moment in any girl's life getting to wear grandma's pearls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say though that she lost the game before the dance. So oh, she yes. was like really like yeah. oh, I, I don't want to fucking go to this dance. Yeah. <laughs> like- there were recruiters for USC in the stands. She you and I love that scene. Sorry if we have to back up a little bit, but I love that scene because as she's playing basketball, you're in her head and it's from yes. her perspective. And it's so stressful. I'm stressed with Monica. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, we yeah. all left. Okay, yes, yeah, watch the ball. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get it. I felt like I was her. So I, I just thought that was a great scene. I I, I thought that was uh, just from a cinematic standpoint like the voiceover and you really see her point of view and like kind of that she's overthinking stuff instead of just letting her talent shine through because she's so hyper-focused on I have to do well I have to get recruited so that I can fulfill my dream type yeah and that's so true to sports too like I don't think I've seen another sports movie where they have this POV and this narration aspect and I think like that was genius of Gina Prince-Bythewood to do it that way and I I think it's a a perspective that I I don't want to sound like biased from a gender perspective but I think that's why it's so important that we have more you know female, pers- female perspectives because yeah. I think men feel it but it's not something that they're allowed to actually and female directors to to bring it to life mm-hmm. too yeah yeah because I think guys for them a lot of it is like like kind of like Quincy it's like the he's like the most popular guy he's getting dapped up even at monica's game you know right Mm -hmm. he's the big man on campus and that aspect is what appeals most to them but like for women you know it's like about like the achievement and like Mm -hmm. i've got to do this because i have this goal and i have i wanted 
be able to do this this or this and so it's very much in our heads whereas guys like as long as I'm getting like girls phone numbers and stuff like (laughs) but it's also I think when you talk about toxic masculinity or just the patriarchy in general Mm -hmm. whenever you have any of those systems it ends up hurting the people that it benefits in the same way because somebody like Quincy, who seems like he has it all together, who has all this great stuff, he feels like he can't express that he's sad or upset or scared or nervous or any of those other things that are deemed as weak. And I think it's amplified to the upteen power when it comes to Black men, especially. Because yes, um, in our community, there's not a lot of space for Black men or women to be able to just be vulnerable yeah 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 so I think we start to see that more when we get for him in third quarter yeah Yeah, for sure but it's just you know there's so many dynamics that I did not see in this movie when I was younger oh and I love seeing it now (laughs) yeah yeah and you see in the third quarter how it like you said it plays against him that he's not able to you Mm -hmm. know let those things out and to the detriment of their relationship yep yeah so we're at the dance now and that man her sister got for is a man is a man at a school (laughs) dance yes let's take a moment he is a yeah he is a college man man to be at a high school dance so like someone needed to have id'd that person (laughs) this shows you how much quincy is in monica's head because when i tell you the grinding the grinding (laughs) that i would have done of this man I mean, in the scheme of things, Boris Kojo is the snack over Omar Epps. I'm sorry, but yeah. it just is. And the man still is fine, just like Morris so Chestnut. Like, it's like delicious. His uh, wife is a love, lovely, lucky Oh my woman. God. Yes. <laughs> so they get to the dance. And of course, you can't have like some sort of, you know, romantic movie or rom com without the reveal of a makeover. of course she got her kiss me moment yeah (laughs) i realized that she got a makeover moment i mean like because it's not so blatant as Mm -hmm. like those movies like you're a nerd take off your glasses (laughs) oh god you're a whole different person now you don't have your glasses on yeah but yeah she got a makeup moment she got the hot comb to the hair She got a banging bodycon dress. Oh like, gosh, that dress was beautiful. She was gorgeous so in it. I love when um, Boris takes because we don't know what his Jason. I don't know what his name was. On the show. Who cares? <laughs> the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When he takes off her jacket and the way he like okay he takes the jacket off and then there's that you know that lean. He's like damn. <laughs> yeah Sam, waves all around <laughs> he was like your sister did not lie <laughs> and I love when Quincy sees it from across the room now yes. let's not let's not forget that Gabrielle Union looked banging in her silver dress yeah absolutely but yeah like Q's, ha- Q's in her dialogue was like I fucked up but that was the crazy thing like he's so like that girl that he was with I would have 
punched him in the face. You're not leaving me to go check out some, your neighbor. And like the way he did it, like she was just like fine with it. He, he could, I don't know. I, I just, that really irked my nerves. And I, but I do love the line that Gabrielle Union gives, which is like, damn girl, I didn't know Nike made dresses. Ugh. Yes, I love that line. Classic. Oh my God. Can we talk about the music though? In yeah. The dance because it is like epic <laughs> new Jack swing. There's Computer love. Yes. There's Bobby Brown. There's Zapp and Roger. Like there's, um, got no guys later but like there's just so much like so I, many good songs I wish I could have gone to dances in the 80s yes. because... and one thing I love so much about movie dances in particular is how much they overdo it with the prop and set decoration mm-hmm. with yes. the curtain walls of um <laughs> like shiny shimmery um like tinsel stuff tinsel, yeah. yeah so many balloons like tables with uh, you know, tablecloths on them, the stereotypical bowl of punch. Like, yeah, I love high school movies that show dances because I'm also the leadership teacher at my middle school. By nature, <laughs> we throw dances. I almost tell you, none of our dances look like that. <laughs> but in my mind, that's what I'm picturing. But that like expectations versus reality thing, I was like, I could never, I could never. So then the dance is over. Quincy sees Monica in her room and I think he goes over to her room or she calls him over and he gets the acceptance letter she yes. can, yeah she comes yeah. home kind of late she like sneaks in through the side because her mom's waiting up for her and she's like I don't want to like have to do de- talk about this night and like go yeah. over it anymore. yeah which would have been me <laughs> it was fine okay good night <laughs> there's no way I could have snuck into my house my mother would have been up same same um so yeah the so Quincy has his ex- he well no she has her acceptance letter and she calls him over she wants him to help open it she tells him about the date because she's she makes a joke but obviously we know it's because she just wants to know what happened with him and yeah. mm-hmm. the girl. And he pretty much said he turned her down and she was pretty upset. And then she's like, yeah, I kept meeting the guy and he finally <laughs> got the clue. So it didn't work mm-hmm. out for them either. He reads her acceptance letter. She's going to USC. He then divulges that he's going as well. And because, you know, Quincy's so cool. He has to have a press conference about where he's going to school. Um, so they're now both going to the same school. And I love that when he hugs her, <laughs> she just kisses him. It's mm. not like Monica does not care. Yeah. Does not care. She kisses him. And then she's like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and like I think it's really. Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And I re- I, I like how when she's talking about like how her date ended, she's like, yeah, he was like trying to get on me. And I just kept thinking, I I couldn't remember how many rebounds I had. And then like later on he goes, you had four. So like, he does care. He does pay attention. Like. Panty droppers. 
did you guys see the deleted scene of her and Boris Cook Jason in the car together? No. I did. Yeah, so <laughs> she's definitely just talking about her stats. She's like, yeah, my free throw percentage went up. And that's like a 17% difference. And he's just like trying to kiss her and stuff. And then eventually he like puts down the seat and she just like falls back and she's like whoa and then it cuts but I was like that's kind of a that that would have been an interesting scene to leave in mm-hmm. but yeah I think them talking about it though is more interesting than leaving it in but I, I it was it was funny to actually see it happen <laughs> well let's talk about the sex scene because for me, seeing this movie, just them playing that Maxwell song in the background was just <laughs> everything. And but also the way that they showed the scene was so great because it was like the first time I saw a sex scene that felt real to me. Mm-hmm. Like especially her being so a virgin. Innocent. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Um, I think we talked about love and basketball a little bit, like in a pop culture segment, but like, this is one of those sex scenes. I feel like as a little kid, (laughs) you watch and you're like, that seems nice. Like I want it to happen to me that way. Like, I think it also showed that she was, there was a little bit of pain, which they don't show us in these movies enough yeah I also like that in the scene that you see him stop to get a condom mm-hmm. which yes and you see a physical condom too yes, yes. Don't always see that yeah I think that was really important especially in the black community as we know that HIV and you know AIDS we were coming off of it being as prevalent during the times, but still really important because there's such a high number in the African-American and um, Latino community of Mm -hmm. still getting it. So I think it's really great when you see mediums that actually make sure that they're telling you without telling you kind of thing. Yeah. At one point, The movie did have an R rating and the studio said that Monica should enjoy losing her virginity a bit more. So the director shot additional footage without any nudity, only for the MPAA and only for the MPAA to come back and say it was now R rated because of that scene. But when Blythewood asked them about it, they said it was too real. So they edited again so young girls could see the movie. I think that's disgusting. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's there's a some lot gross old men that yeah. looking yeah. at these movies. That's saying... some uh, some Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. shit. But yeah. I think like there's a lot about that sex scene that I think is still kind of Hollywood scripted to make people believe that it's beautiful. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, even though they did show pain and some realistic features and stuff, I still think that there was a lot about it that was very Hollywood scripted. I don't know if we're ever going to see like a realistic sex scene ever. Yeah. Um but that's very startling that yeah. that, that fact. That's gross. We're in the third quarter now it is freshman year 1988 to 89 and uh we're seeing 
I think the first thing we see is now Monica and Quincy are at USC together. I was about to say UCLA because that's where the director's actual alma mater is. And that's where she wanted them to go, essentially. Um, But they were told no. And they were also told no by, I think, Stanford. Yeah. Oh wow! How snooty, right? Like, oh, it's it gets they even, lost out. It gets even snootier because I believe Stanford said that this the um, the movie characters did not exemplify a Stanford student. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it. it. That's exactly what it was. So. <laughs> Well, I do not care for that. Yeah. So I was like, damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you see them in love. And I love the scene. It's fall. They're in it's their sweaters. Me. It's behind me. <laughs> they're so happy and in love. And they're, you know, teasing each other. But they're also kind of talking about their very different experiences about mm-hmm. being a part of the basketball programs because Quincy seems kind of chill and she's like freaking the hell out and she's not having the easiest time. Her coach is up her ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is. <laughs> she's up her ass. And then her teammates are like, you know, kind of hazing her just a bit. They seem nice. They seem like they're not mean or whatever, but being in a male dominated sport it's very competitive they even said that the you know be, the, all the girls on the team and just on the set it felt very competitive because you know that's how these girls roll but I, I think it's just because they've worked so hard to just get this piece of pie that they have you know yeah and I totally get that so we see Sidra is um like her her frenemy on the team Sidra's pure enemy there is no friends not (laughs) while she's in the college she just like hates her oh my gosh she left the weights on her on the weight bench I would have died I was like (laughs) that's that's dangerous you were there to spot her and now you're not spotting and she's stuck I was like that's I murder. murder. Yeah. It is murder. <laughs> now it's a true crime podcast. <laughs> she was, I was premeditated. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of the girls were just laughing. I was like, "Kiki, your ass over here and get these things off of me." <laughs> that would have been so upset. Yeah, well, she's so she's fair. she's she's getting it on all ends. But I do love like after she's getting hazed and all this stuff, she goes to Quincy's room or his her room. I'm not sure where they are at this time, but he's like icing her down, cuddling. He's listening to her. He's giving her advice. He's not being condescending, mm-hmm. you know? And then he like sprinkles a little bit of strip basketball, you know? Yes. It's a perfect relationship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean that 
that scene is like I'm pretty sure other people probably saw that and recreated it there oh my god this totally hits right here that whole scene especially when she grabs like his balls to distract him and and (laughs) she is able to dunk and she's like oh I got you like it's just that dynamic is so cute that they're able to like from being kids and him pushing her yeah be like romantically competitive and mm-hmm. a very nice end goal for both of them at the end <laughs> I think it's cool because they, their chemistry was amazing the actors mm-hmm. and they were dating but they didn't tell anybody yeah. uh-huh. they were Good dating the whole yeah no the director even said later like I'm really glad they didn't because then it would have been like such a focus and I would have worried they would have broken up during you know shooting Mm -hmm. and then obviously they go wow wow and um she's made some other slam dunks yes (laughs) yeah they did (laughs) there's another scrimmage game and Monica tries her signature shot and it doesn't work out and coach is not having it she gets it in but she yeah, she's posing and her her coach is like if you like to pose so much you go stand over there and pose she gets ridiculed but it's true like when you're playing basketball and I think when you're playing at any level basketball any game in high school you've learned probably some bad habits mm-hmm. you're you've got yeah. to be con- conditioned and she was um a point guard she was shooting all the time which means that her defense game was lacking and she needed to learn some real skills mm-hmm. I just said a full essence that made it sound like I knew basketball I'm proud of you I'm, I'm proud really of proud you. of you thank you, you you fooled me honestly. <laughs> I was like, I'm giving you a confident yes on that one. <laughs> but that's that's so true like um when when you're usually a scorer that is your highlight like you're like I made that shit and so a lot of times scorers get caught up in the celebration of it all and so they miss out on getting back on defense sometimes and that to their detriment can lead to like a fast break and the other team scoring so it's like you were celebrating but they just scored so it doesn't fucking matter right so. yeah. and when you get to that level the collegiate level the pace is faster and you have yeah. to really build up your endurance you yeah. know you score but that happened already you better get to the end of, of the end of the court or you're screwed what she yep. was yeah so just like with a lot of sports, like, you know, you go from being the best in your high school and like yes. your school district, and then you go to college and like, okay, now I have to step up because now there's a bunch of us from all over the place yeah. and, and it just keeps heightening every level you go through in professional sports. So it's like, she was great in Crenshaw, but that's just <laughs> yeah. not going to fly. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, so I could just see someone slamming the ball. You better take that shit back to Crenshaw. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then in contrast, you see they're talking about Quincy, like the sportscasters are talking about him on TV. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting all this glory. He's big man on campus. Doesn't seem like he's putting in like extra effort. Yeah. yeah, like. Yeah going out working out or whatever like she's doing all these scrimmages and stuff you you can kind of tell she's like totally exhausted 
And then Sidra, where am I now? Oh, and then um, we see a conversation with Quincy and his dad where his dad kind of shows up unannounced and tells Quincy that his parents are splitting up because there's a lady claiming that Zeke, Quincy's dad, is fathered a child. I don't know if they divorced just yet. I don't know. He he's he really tries to skim over it when he tells Quincy. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought tried- it was that they were in the process of like separating. like they were lawyering up and mm-hmm. yeah. getting ready for a separation. Um, and I don't know if Quincy quite gets all of it. I think he thinks the family's going to stay together. I think his dad has put it in this, like, you know, that there's this woman lying on him, right? Mm-hmm. Not yes. that I've been sleeping around and possibly yeah. maybe, you know, he's like, this isn't true. And he, he gets lights um Quincy when he's like mm-hmm. well, what is it true and he's like how could you ask me that uh answer the damn question <laughs> you know so then he goes to see his mom and that scene is gut-wrenching I mean homegirl is playing Marvin Gaye and Oof. she is probably a few whiskeys or bourbons in yeah. to the night and I mean I felt for her then mm-hmm. I think like it always hurts to see like your parents fall apart like that and then yeah, to yeah. begin with like one has fucked up in some way is just like weird you're just like shit okay because like when she's like no like this isn't some bullshit here's the <laughs> test results and- yeah yeah I think she wasn't going to tell him I think she was going to try to protect him mm-hmm. from having to know what was going on but then he kind of got in her face about like, yeah, we got to stand by dad. And she's like, I ain't standing by shit except the <laughs> toilet to piss on his face and tell him to go kick rocks. <laughs> Sorry, I've just made me so mad yeah, for her. You better call Tyrone. Yeah. Ain't staying here tonight, but yeah. And so after that scene with his mom, we see another game and Sidra gets hurt and so after the game coach pulls monica into the into her office and is like hey you can you can be i don't know the no she she does she doesn't go into the office yet she she knows that she's going to be starting in the next game because sidra is hurt i think she pulls her into the office after the the game that she does play and kicks kills you know does well and then she's like defense yeah then she's like (laughs) yes then she's like okay well I I want to switch things up you can come you can start in the next game or whatever the next in a few games and in between this game that she wins she meets up with Quincy on the bleachers and Mm -hmm. he's just you know he's having a rough time when we talked about his motivation for playing basketball was to be like his dad, what happens to your game? What happens to your mindset and your life? When the motivation you're now seeing clear and has been pretty much lying to you and your mother this whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he's defensive of his mother, but it's more about the dream is ex- 
exposed and ruined for him now. And so yeah, he doesn't know what to do. And now he's making, he's going to start making choices that are less about him and more about almost taking a dig at his dad because he's hurt. Yeah. yeah. And um, he's trying to talk to, you know, his girlfriend about this and I rewatched this movie a few times back then trying to figure out, okay, well, what, why is he so mad? Cause I was with her. I, yeah. because she didn't say like, I gotta go. She was like, just come back to my dorm with me. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's all she, she asked. She wasn't like, oh, I don't have time for this. She was just like, I'm going to get in trouble if I'm out past 11. Cause I have curfew, just come back with me and we can continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't having any of that. Yeah. And I feel like he knows who she is. Mm-hmm. He knows what she's about. And it's one of the things he loves about her. And if you're looking for this kiss my ass kind of girl who's going to feed your ego or whatever, stroke your ego, this is not the girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he refuses to go back to the dorm with her. He he doesn't even kiss her. She tries to like kiss him goodnight, and he was just like sitting there pissed off. Um, and then this is the game where she plays, and she kills it, and she kills it really it. well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, so bittersweet. Like, <laughs> and, and she uses. She uses her training that like the coaches kind of ingrained into her um, and essentially has the forethought to have a, a, I don't know, commit. I don't know. She draws a charge. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Quincy Quincy wasn't at this game. No. Which was a first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which also shows that, like, when you're going through something, you can't be supported. Like, I'm going through shit all the time, and I'm going to your games. Like, Mm -hmm. so now when you're going through something, that support is, it's conditional now. Right. Yeah. Um, So this is when the coach is super happy. Like, she saw the head and the heart, and (laughs) so she pulls her into the office. Monica's like... I thought you didn't like me. Like you're always writing me. And essentially um, the, the coach says, I'm not going to go horse for someone with no potential. So she sees the, the passion and the fire. She just wanted to make sure she was performing to her best ability. Yeah. And so she's super excited, like had this great chat with her coach. She gets to play center point I wrote it down (laughs) (laughs) and so she's hyped she's going to a house party to meet Quincy she's like on cloud nine and she shows up and he's seemingly already drunk he's he's drinking a beer because he lost his game yes oh yes he fumbled big time yeah game and blew that bad boy and i mean you can only imagine the spotlight on him because Mm -hmm. it's probably televised or whatever it's bigger you know it's more prominent more people on campus are more likely to go to that game than the girls so he is like drowning his sorrow he is 
and he's still pissed at Monica. And so he's like, not, he, he's like grunting at her, like not even responding to anything. She says he walks outside to, to find the keg. And then Monica glances outside and he's like talking to another girl and he's like leaning into her and whispering, whispering in her ear. I'm like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I would have been quickly grinding on someone else. We, we go play games. (laughs) We go play games. We can play games. (laughs) I mean. In my head, I'm like, you're not cute enough to be acting like this. (laughs) But I mean, when you in love, you in love. But like, if this was Boris Kojo, I would be like, oh, you tripping. It's okay. (laughs) Like, but Omar Epps, I'm just like, leave. (laughs) I feel like he looked really cute at the end when he started. He had the facial hair. Yeah. But um, like younger Quincy, the goatee threw me off. I was just like, (laughs) "Mm, not so much. Give me 80s, like, line part lines in his hair <laughs> yeah but he was he was tripping 100 percent. and when she, she tries to approach him like hey you want to talk like what what's going on here and um she's like fine maybe i'll come by later and he goes no nah, i got curfew and like throws that back in her face and like passive aggressive <sighs> i can't <gasps> the drama the drama and this is where like i mean i know this is probably purposeful and intentional for this movie to take a turn obviously we have conflict in a movie that's what makes it exciting and without conflict is what would be incredibly boring um but this is where the movie kind of takes a bit of a turn where i start to eye roll a lot more just Mm -hmm, because it's like really he's gonna throw away like a damn good girlfriend over something she has no control over yeah and 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 i i found myself kind of huffing and puffing and eye rolling quite a bit at this point (laughs) but it felt so realistic though that's Mm -hmm. the sad part oh totally that's what broke my heart like i was pissed when (laughs) i when i saw this originally i don't know if i was in the mindset of being like really angry i was just like oh they need to be together and i was just looking towards the end like they're gonna be together (laughs) but now adult danielle There would be no end of this movie. The end would be, <laughs> I'm out with these boys in Spain and we having a good time. I'm not coming back to the States. I mean, that was a miss. I mean, when we watched it, I was like, I don't know why she's homesick. Like, <laughs> I would have been living it up. It's living, living La Vida Loca for this piece. There's she no in way. Italy? No. She was in Spain. She was, was in, in Spain. Italy. Yes. And she was in Spain. But yes, I would have been like traveling, seeing all the sites, the museums. Somebody yes. would have been buying me dinner. I would have been <laughs> seeing the sites, if you know what I mean. <laughs> looking, looking, sampling all the baguettes that Europe has <laughs> Getting a little, a lot of tapas, you know. <laughs> In my S car to go. <laughs> oh shit! Like I think that this like relationship though is so 
like in in at this point is so stereotypical of what we see and may have experienced in high school and college that like yeah. it will blow over over the stupidest dumbest things and that's realistic because you don't have that mature high level thinking yet to be like oh you know what maybe i should work on my own issues first and like work it out with my family but not let that hinder right. with my relationship yeah Right. And it, you know, for her, she didn't, and she says this later in the movie, she didn't know how to make space for what was happening with him Mm -hmm. and with her. But you know what, like, she did the right thing, because so many women do prioritize their, their Mm -hmm. relationships with, with their partners. And then they lose themselves, they lose their dreams. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what happens. They they shrink themselves to fit for that person. I'm so glad she didn't do that. Yes. Yeah. And in general, like she didn't change to be with Quincy even once like, you know, they had their moment in high school, like sh- in college, it would have been interesting. Well, not interesting, but it would have been kind of expected for her to kind of like grow up a little bit and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And she was still the same, like, basketball is my life I'm a baller right I could check and I just think that's true to like who she was in terms of not changing for him or dimming her light to be with him exactly Mm -hmm. and then the next scene (sighs) well so Quincy goes back to his dorm room and dad's there again Mm. and he's still maintaining kid ain't mine and uh, the lie detector te- test determined that was a lie. <laughs> and, I am the bullshit. And Quincy's dead. You are the father. Yes. Oh. And I just want to go back a moment too to the mom with like the cheaters receipts of the pictures because it was giving very much like, okay, we followed him and we saw him go into this hotel room with this unidentified lady. Like, so yes, Mari cheaters all around. Dad, mm. you are caught and you are still lying. Yes. To his name. And then he finally is like, well, there's like lots of groupies around and like security keeps some out, but some make it to your door. Like yeah, you still was- close the door on them because you're fucking married. But what Quincy does, like his dad's talking the bullshit. He kicks him out. He tells him he's going to go pro. He's, he's leaving school, doing all these things really to hurt his dad, but he's hurting himself. And then you fast forward to the next day, he's ironing, which I'll tell you what, that's an aphrodisiac for me. You iron? Okay. <laughs> Let me see you do the, do the color. Let me see. You know, that. the 80s were different though. <laughs> I doubt most men iron stuff now. <laughs> if you iron, hit me up. I'm available. <laughs> I like that's that. what she, that's what she's missing in her life is yes. someone to iron for her. if you like to fold clothes be real good oh my god someone played j cole folding clothes for her <laughs> so he's ironing here comes uh monica and he goes hey baby and you know everything seems fine everything seems fine it was not it was fine. not fine and then here comes Trick. 
And now this, this actress who plays this very small role, I already had like, I'm a fight you vibes because she plays the hot ass cousin in um, Players Club who sleeps <laughs> with her cousin's boyfriend. And so she was already giving me skank vibes. I was like, oh, hell no, we ain't taking this, are we, Monica? We about to I mean, this ass. Um, so yeah and he's just like she's like who the hell who, who the hell is this and she's Ooh. like oh that's carrie <laughs> and, um, in what? front of you in front of your homeboys you trying to embarrass me see she was mm-hmm. so classy let me tell you because <laughs> right? they would have had to call 911 i'd have been fucking up that whole house <laughs> i would have been benched like there's no well no i don't know i i feel like I'm like a cool headed angry. Like I'm gonna get him back some other kind of way. You right. Um it just depends on the day. Yeah. But I am a ventral bitch, so I might not do something right then. But trust I'd be like when he got injured in from the Lakers, oh I would have been like using up my phone minutes to be like, ha, that's what you get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah would have sent a picture of my championship uh <laughs> trophy trophy hell yeah there's no way and so after this like she's monica's really distraught and mm-hmm. what i really didn't like about this movie is that she didn't have like because she's so concerned with basketball she didn't have a best friend or something and i was surprised she didn't have a scene with like her her, her sister mm-hmm. um but she go drives home her person is her dad her dad is not home she has an interaction with her mom that Mm -hmm. doesn't go well her mom is having one skewed view of something Mm -hmm. and her mm -hmm. mom literally tells her every time you lose you get this attitude it's just a game like her mom just immediately assumes it's about basketball yeah Yeah. and so she's kind of like fuck this shit and she just leaves monica automatically has an attitude towards her mom so they're both yeah. having different conversations with each other, different issues with each other, and no one is really communicating. And it's mm-hmm. quite sad, actually. Yeah. Um, so, but you don't see her have like a full on breakdown of cry. You could tell she's like upset. And then she drives back to her dorm. And then here comes Quincy's bitch ass again. <laughs> it ain't about... nothing but a thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's lucky I'm not in my car anymore. Uh, he took her to Burger King. What the big deal? He took that hoe to Burger King. As I, as I normally would say, make it make sense. I hope she got a souvenir cup or a happy meal. Right? I took her to Burger King. Get the fuck out of my face. Are you kidding me right now? But I do like also that there was nuances to them having this argument and he went to like touch her shoulders, but then he like slyly kind of pushed back a little bit because he saw that there was these people walking by mm-hmm. and also the way that they were like, oh. he's like, yes. I'm not trying to get the cops called on me tonight. Mm-hmm. they have a a conversation where he's just like I just wanted you to be there for me and and you chose basketball over me and she's like I shouldn't have to choose I should be able to do both and yeah just not hearing anything she's saying 
And she's like, I should be able to trust you that even though we're like arguing, you're not going to go out and hit up the first girl that pays attention to you. He pretty much calls her selfish and self-involved. And um, I think in some ways his points could have been valid if he had communicated them in different ways. It was Mm -hmm. more of a communication thing that they needed to work on with each Mm -hmm. other within the relationship, but he was too butthurt and his pride was hurt mm-hmm. more than anything. And she is ready and willing to move on and figure out. And the, when she says, what did I do wrong? Like she is, you, mm-hmm. that broke she my says, heart. She says, whatever we, we did, I can fix this or whatever I did, I can fix this. And he's just like, I don't think so. Yeah, he pretty much is like, oh, there's nothing to work out here. Yeah. That was trifling. Yeah. Uh, And he's just like, I'm going pro and we're going to forget about us. And I'd still like to be. It was like process overload. She's like, what, what, wait, what, like one second. It feels like one second ago we Mm -hmm. were here. And now it's just like, you're going to the NBA. You know, you're not even telling me like all the stuff that's really going on and you're breaking up with me like Mm -hmm. the fuck yeah the fact that sis still played basketball i'm assuming graduated and then wound up going to play in spain is a miracle because yeah Yeah, she held it together (laughs) so well and i'm again we said this before but i'm glad that they showed that she moved on past that piece in her life i mean eventually they get back to gala she does she she it's like she doesn't move on emotionally but she just mm, keeps moving yeah 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 not even like she fully processes it but just is like all right well guess i'm gonna just go do like the other love of my life which is basketball uh i i i don't know like it just the fact that there's been no communication, you broke up like that, and it's been five years. So we see, we see her overseas. We see her about yeah. You know, this playing. is now the fourth quarter in 1993. She's playing Ooh. basketball overseas. She's about to play the championship. She's in Spain. As she's walking through um, the about to go to the court, she sees her old frenemy as jackie called it now i can say they're frenemies because before it was just pure like i want to kill you um and so they start trash talking a little bit they play and then you see them i well before that when they're establishing that they're in barcelona first off i'm like taking notes so i was looking down ken and valerie are like they're in um they're in france i was like but the the writing on the posters is in spanish how are they in france and the the, music (laughs) yeah and i'm like i don't understand and they're like no it's in france it's in france and so valerie rewinds it and they're like no that you see i think they said the loot no notre dame is in in this in the establishing shot so they rewind it and it's like big letters barcelona spain i'm like (laughs) you both miss that well, the, <laughs> the funny thing is the scenes were set in Barcelona and they were actually shot there because of tire, thanks to Tyre Banks. Um, she, uh, okay. So Virgin Atlantic said that they would pay for the flight tickets 
to film in Spain if Tyra Banks wore one of the uniforms of, you know, one of their uniforms in her scenes in the movie because she's a flight at stories. Ah. So yes, they were in Barcelona. You can tell. That is kind of boss negotiating. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like when when she's still kind of walking to the court, um, there's posters of her on the wall. Mm-hmm. There's little kids asking for autographs. And then an interesting comment from Ken, my husband, he's like, why'd that little girl pet her? I was like, because in other countries where they may not experience black people like they want to touch your skin they want to touch your hair because you're so such a nuance to them I'm like it and it's such a small detail but I'm like that's kind of a really important detail for her being international and how like other cultures are perceiving her yeah even though she's super famous and like I I think that's one of the things that is something I didn't really think about when watching the movie, but it is something that's very real. And you brought up a good point because when we, when she says she's homesick, I think there's layers and nuances to that because it's not necessarily just being home with her family, but it's homesick in the fact that when you're a fish out of water in another country, Mm -hmm. but then you're black on top of it and you know, we very much like to have our communities and mm-hmm. to have that camaraderie. And when you're, you don't have that, it's very difficult. And so I think that's also what she missed. You know, when she yeah. says homesick, she probably means that like, this is uh, extremely difficult. To elaborate on what you were saying, like it's kind of emphasized when they're in the locker room and the coach is very passionately screaming at everyone to get them pumped up I guess or just to yell and she literally has to turn to her teammate and say what did he say like she doesn't even know the language she's just there to do a job to play ball mm-hmm. and the, and the girl's like he said to give the ball to you like yeah. so it's just like that is the only reason she is there to to play basketball well and just to think like okay so obviously in this movie that WNBA well, the WNBA was created at the last minute. They were supposed to have a like a different ending scene because the WNBA didn't exist when yeah. they wrote the script. <laughs> but by wow. the time the movie was ending, it existed. But for so many of these women who had such a passion for basketball and probably started the same with like, you know, Monica Quincy having that counterpart as male, they didn't get to live their dream for fulfill it all the way to the end or even have a career that went that far mm-hmm. because that was the only option you play in college you're at the top of your career and then you have nowhere to go except yeah. you know maybe you know the olympic situation mm-hmm. or you're going overseas yeah after the locker room scene she walks out to um get on the court and then she sees sidra in the hallway and they're kind of like having that banter and it's much more friendly than it was in college. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so they're kind of like joking about who's going to win. And then the next scene is they're both at dinner, but Monica has a championship <laughs> trophy at the table sitting with them. 
third guest at the table. <laughs> that was they, funny. They start talking about like, you know, Sidra sees some foin. Um, <laughs> guys, I don't want to say Spanish. I guess the Spanish, Spaniard, Spanish guys. Yeah. Spaniard. Spaniards. Some fine men um, walk by and she pretty much is asking Monica like what's that what's that pool feeling like and she's mm-hmm. like oh I've been holding a torch for this loser for the no she doesn't say it but she's <laughs> like I haven't been doing anything she's like girl you've been here for how many months and you haven't tasted the, the delicacies out here <laughs> yes. um and so she's like I miss home and wants to she's homesick she doesn't like that she's playing games and her family can't be there rooting for her just you know not what she pictured and she thinks she's gonna you know go home mm-hmm. then on the flip side we see that Quincy has hurt himself um in a game we do see that he I think we see it on the tv or something that's playing that he is an alternate he's not even at the mm-hmm. you know height and so he's been playing for what four years now versus and he didn't graduate I'm guessing and um yeah he's an alternate he's washed up (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he's playing for the Lakers and you can see Kobe on the sidelines yeah oh yeah in that scene so he hurts himself goes to the hospital that's when the dad and the mom have their their interaction where she pretty much tells him it's the ACL and even us I don't know sports know that if you tear your ACL it's it's a wrap on your basketball career or any sport back then now it's a little better but Yeah. yeah um so he does go to talk to Quincy and the mom's like she he's not gonna wanna talk to you whatever um but he still goes and tries. And I think they, they reach a common ground where he's just like, I've always just wanted your education to be the most important thing. And they're able to communicate a few things like you're not. And he does say like, you're a better ball player than I am. Yeah. And you have, um, you're really smart on top of it. And that's why I wanted you to get that education. Right. And he's pretty much like, if you want to play ball, play ball, you'll do it. You know, you can achieve anything mm-hmm. if you want to do it. So that I think probably healed a lot of stuff that Quincy had. Yeah. Sometimes that speech from your parents comes a little too late. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now you tell me this after I hurt myself and I can't right. play in the NBA anymore, but I mean, you know, better yeah. late than Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also like one of the things I've noticed especially as I'm getting older is that I feel like my parents my family have told me certain things and maybe they didn't say it the right way but also I wasn't digesting it mm-hmm. yeah because I wasn't in the right mind you know I wasn't there yet I wasn't mature enough to like absorb it Mm-hmm. so it does feel like it comes too late but sometimes that's what growing pains are you have to go through them you're on your own Ooh, yeah. yeah that's a word <laughs> <laughs> and then we see that um that then we see that monica's back and she's bringing flowers to see quincy and um again the tension is there still for them you see the chemistry hasn't really gone in anywhere um and they they talk they're dancing around their situation 
you know um he does said, say that he tried to call her a few times the thing that irritates me about this whole thing is that Quincy never apologizes <sighs> yeah agreed <laughs> so fucking stubborn yeah so, so stubborn. stubborn um so he doesn't apologize and they're they're good and then all of a sudden here comes uh Tyra Banks and her <laughs> I just got off the plane being a stewardess or well, what is it called? flight attendant what do we call them now I'd want to say the right thing flight know. attendant yeah yeah she's walking in and like the way so I always ask myself with this scene is she purposely ignored her because she's right how do you not see her yeah <laughs> she doesn't address she does not address Monica at all yeah nope. I, I don't know I feel like in a way she plays like this kind of ditzy pretty mm-hmm. obviously character that I want to say that it's not on purpose and she just clearly is like clueless because <laughs> even like when she flashes she's like oh yeah we're engaged and she's like look like who does that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it is very reminiscent to like yeah. life size, just kind of like a clueless little like <laughs> ditzy, airy character, like so overcome with emotion because her fiance is in the hospital. She has like blinders on for everything else. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. like, you can't be sitting here. You gotta get the bed, silly. You know, but Monica does a horrible, horrible job when she finds out they're engaged that she doesn't care her face told a million stories Mm -hmm. and that was the other thing like how does Tyra's character not realize this yeah yeah and how does Quincy not realize it because prior to you know the in basketball scene they have a few other interactions and he still like isn't acknowledging that like there might be some kind of feeling still there and again yeah. like an opportunity to apologize and be like hey look I was an asshole when I broke up with you and I think about that and I want to apologize like so exactly. many opportunities but yeah and then you know she goes home and she has a real conversation with her mom because after the hospital and you know their dynamic is so mm-hmm. interesting and it's funny because her mom is like I know you you've been embarrassed of me all these years because I just don't fit like I'm not into sports I think that's what she thinks it is I can't shoot a stupid jump shot (laughs) right and then Monica actually explains what it is which is that she just hasn't really felt supported this whole time and you know she mentions that her mom hasn't been to many games which also is it mirrors the director's view uh situation with her own mother she said her mom only came to a few like two or three games and when she did come she would be reading a book so yeah <laughs> like she I think this movie writing this movie was very cathartic for her mm-hmm. with her relationship with her mom and then she kind of just like throws it out there that her mom kind of caters to her dad and it's mm-hmm. just like weak and she just didn't want to be at all like that and and, mom- and she her mom gave up on all her dreams yeah yeah to, to when once she had kids right yeah 
Yeah. I mean, she got slapped for a reason because you <laughs> yeah. say that. Sh- like, but I, I love yeah. at the beginning of this conversation where Monica says something, curses at her, and mom's just like, Are they cursing the mamas in Spain? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's another deleted scene that I think kind of. I this is like the only one I saw that I would have maybe left in because when she's in high school she's like I think getting ready to maybe go play a game and she's in the kitchen and her mom's cooking dinner and stuff and her mom's like oh you know I did this like taste this and and she's like well you know I'm I'm about to leave and her mom's just like okay like and you can tell Monica wants some kind of like good luck I hope you play well something and she's missing that from her mom and in some ways I relate to that because I feel like when you get a certain age with your parents like you become your own person and it's no longer like okay I'm just your kid like it's like you kind of have to like each other because of like I like you as a person now and part of liking someone as a person is indulging in the weird shit your kids like but maybe you don't like and just supporting them in that way and and that kind of flips when your kids get older and your parents want you to do shit that they love to do and you're like no I'm not doing that (laughs) why would I we never did stuff together right they're like I just want you to spend time with me. And it's like, well, I mean, shit, I wanted you to spend time with me. You didn't come to my basketball games. So I think their dynamic is super realistic. And especially like when you don't necessarily have the same interests as Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah, it can, it's really hard. I feel like a lot of, especially mother-daughter relationships can be very, very difficult, especially those teenage years when the hormones are raging and (laughs) and and monica's approaching and like you never supported me and like my basketball and 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 her mom's like oh you had your dad for that and then her mom's like well what i do remember is the spring dance and you were so pretty and i know you didn't like it but i remembered it i remember giving you grandma's pearls and so it's like this they have very different experiences of Monica growing up. Yeah. And I feel like, like, I understand her mom's point of view of like, you know, that's what those are, that's something I remember. And I'm not completely like, I don't completely not remember stuff, but it's like, Mm -hmm. you remember the thing that was aligned with what you're interested in versus what was aligned in what Monica, like what was important to her, which was basketball. And you totally missed that opportunity of like, she didn't give a shit about the spring dance besides like losing her virginity probably. And you missed that whole thing because you had neglected the other stuff. I'm sure she probably would have had like a conversation with her mom after that. If she felt close enough, like she cared enough to be like, you know, me and Quincy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the next scene is Monica, she's kind of um, taking things off of her, her walls. Did she move back home, essentially? Yeah, she moved back home. She's working at her dad's bank. Um, 
nepotism <laughs> in real life, nepotism in fake life. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, relating, going back to your childhood home, moving back into your childhood bedroom um, <laughs> and being, yeah, it's always, I think it's a, something that a lot of folks can, can relate to. Yeah, nobody won, no, nobody won. Nobody talks about that. And I, I know for sure it's like one of the hardest things ever like it's if you went away to school and you come back and your pride yeah. so um she she talked to the mom so yeah. so we see her coming back from work coming back from work um she like can barely walk in her little chunky heels so mm-hmm. she takes her heels off um Q is home getting ready for his wedding, which is two weeks from then. And so he kind of catches up with her and he's like, sorry, I didn't send an invite, but you're like, welcome or whatever. And she's like, nah, that's all right. And so he, he tells her I'm going back to school. So good on him. Yeah. But he hasn't told his fiance yet. Mm-hmm. So you already know he still feels more comfortable with Monica than his own lady. Tragic. Mm-hmm. That's because Kyra's probably a gold digger. <laughs> like, go yeah. back to school. You're not going to be in the NDA anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he said, you trade in your Nikes for shoes you can barely walk in. And I've never known anyone who loved ball more than you. Like, why are you giving up on your dream? Yeah. And then... One of my favorite things about this scene <laughs> is mom in the bushes, straight on. I never noticed that. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, I have to rewatch it. Yeah, she's <laughs> just straight up looking around, it just just yeah, watching. Oh, okay, okay, still got <laughs> chemistry. And then, oh, it- I'm just, I'm just vacuuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like that, that meme you see, or it's like when you're, when your neighbors are starting drama and you're outside, like doing some outside chore that doesn't make sense. Like vacuuming yeah. your lawn. Yeah. yeah. Window, Windexing the yes. bushes. Yes. <laughs> so her mom's out there and then you see another scene where it's Monica, her sister with her brand new baby, white looking baby, but I digress. Um, and their, and their mom and the, she, her sister and the baby step out for a second. And then her mom just says, you know, remember when I told you that Quincy could do better? I met you. I met you. And um, so then we fast forward. It's nighttime. You see Monica creeping, just like, I guess it's a family trait, creeping, <laughs> looking at Quincy with his bae. Um, she's taking stuff out of his room, I guess, to wherever they're going to move to. Um, I guess she goes home. I'm confused by this because, because didn't he just say that she, maybe she's, maybe this scene happened before when she was cleaning her her room. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I could have swore he said that the girl was out of town. No, so I think this happens, but it's like separate. So she sees that, and then later he's back because time. she's out of town, and he's gotcha. like, "I figure I'll spend some time with my mom before right. the wedding and stuff." Um. So she does. She go over to his window and like ask to talk to him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She and wakes then, him up this time. <laughs> yeah. And then she lays it out on on the table that she like 
wants him back and she can't oh the line is so perfect oh um, yes please it's say it. it's been five years and oh I can't say because I don't know if I memorized it did you memorize it it's been five years and I'm trying I can't get that she can't God I feel it. like I feel like it's like you know I've loved you since I was 11 and thank I you can't let that shit go or something like mm-hmm. that I'm gonna find it because oh, it's and, so good. and she, she also says you asked me what was missing from basketball and you were missing <gasps> oh but you've been it's playing like you. for four years <laughs> how much fun was the game without him if you were able to play for four years I'm just saying. um yeah, so the quote is, I've been in love with you since I was 11, and the shit won't go away. So I was close. I feel that to the to the core of my existence. I wish I could that shake a few people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't go back. this asshole, you think the sun rises and sets on your ass? Why? Oh but I like her, like, her her rebuttal, which is, it must be true because why are you so mad though? Why are you pressed? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yes, I am the main character in my movie. Shit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, then she says, um, essentially, let's play a, a game of one on one for your heart. Yeah, because he's like, for what? And she's like, your heart. And this, okay. <laughs> He could have said no one, mm-hmm. but you're gonna play this one-on-one game with me, and you—I guess you're not in love with me. This dude was playing like Kobe when he was on trial. Like, why are you playing this hard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen this on Black Twitter where they're just like, "This is not a love story, okay?" Because Quincy was going hard, okay? Yeah. He may not. I think maybe he was trying, like, at the beginning, he was trying to convince himself that he, he needed to win. Like he was trying to convince himself he wasn't still in love with her too. But that's then, a beautiful like, way to think of that. That's some bullshit. Not your thought process, because you're a beautiful, sparkly angel mermaid, and I love you. But yeah. this fool and his bullshit and his pride and his toxic masculinity and everything and I'm like wondering if they had to say that he tore his ass like ACL for her to even be able to compete with him like I just all but I, I think that mad. they were both playing like as best to their capabilities as they would and because they're both competitive in that sport and it's both a sport that they're passionate about yeah I noted that this game this last one-on-one reminded me of a tango and it reminded me of this like slow it starts off slow and seductive and then you get this like quick fast move dance off and it was almost as if this like this is like this the arc of the story right Mm -hmm. and and I've I liked this seen the best out of all the time that they played basketball even the striptease in college (laughs) but because I think they're both playing hard to either like because they're stubborn and they want to prove a point um but you're right he could have just said 
no, that's dumb. I'm moving on. I'm sorry, but I'm moving right. on with my life. Yeah. And I, I, but so there's a piece of him. That's or he not could have just been like, you don't have to play me. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, she, she's like taunting him. She's like, oh, what? Your, e- your knee hurt. Where's the D? You sleepy? Like, she's like taunting but him at first. She was which asking is- for him to play better. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, which was a great comparison to how the other girl was like coddling him. Mm-hmm. She will always push him to be the best version of himself. Uh-huh. But then at the same time, she pulled out all the stops, took that jersey off so she was just playing in her sports bra <laughs> yeah. to make sure he knew yeah. what he was missing out on. Well, and he already told her that he couldn't find her titties before, so I don't know if that was taunting her or not. So, <laughs> Oh my god. But can we talk about the song, too, that's going on? Because it just you adds... Know- <laughs> So yes, my little sister is watching it with me, and she's like, "This song, because she, <laughs> she is, he is making a fool out of her." Jesus, yeah, yes, it just adds to like the tension and like the heightenedness of what they're playing for, mm-hmm. and it's just like, ah, uh, so much emotion in a basketball scene. <laughs> they're playing to five; it's tied four to four, and he makes the final shot and he's he says it's all fair and love and basketball right and so she starts walking away she grabs her stuff she starts walking back to her house and he says hey double or nothing (laughs) oh boy and then we see that um monica i did sorry i did write who gonna tell kyra (laughs) (laughs) I would have burned right. all his shit to the ground like and waited for There's no I'll way. I'll smash the window at your car. Yeah. Yeah. Not two weeks before the wedding. Not two weeks. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> devastating. She um, probably didn't even realize who Monica was <laughs> either. Yeah. Like, oh, the girl okay. in the hospital room. I didn't see anyone in the hospital. That's <laughs> awful. I would like to see a spinoff movie of just her dealing with that shit. The fallout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like angry on a flight. Like, <laughs> here's your Coke. I didn't order Coke. I asked for, I don't care. Okay. I just got broken up with. Like, she's just hysterical. I was supposed to be a sports wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we see Monica uh, playing for the WNBA, and she's got that real 2000s, 90s wonderful clip-on ponytail you can tell with that swing love it and And the little bump at the end the bump Mm. yep and then you've got Quincy in the and you see you see Magic Johnson in the audience and his wife so like her idol is now watching her play in the WNBA and then on the back of her jersey her last name's hyphenated Nice. Right, McCall. Yeah. And then we see Quincy and their daughter. Assuming. So cute. And, and she like, gets to be number 32, right? Yes. 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 Oh, and also Lisa Leslie. I mean, what? Importante. She's like a <laughs> super duper star in the WNBA at that time. So. Yes. And uh, that's love and basketball, ladies. Yeah. Yes. Hey. oh i was just gonna say so this is one of my sister-in-law's favorite movies 
Her other favorite movie is Just Right, which she says she feels like is the sequel to Love and Basketball. Who did did the same lady write it? No, she just feels like it parallels in some of the I didn't ask her to elaborate. It's Queen Latifah in common. Right. Yeah. And he plays he plays basketball and she Mm -hmm. she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, she's a fan who looks up on falling in love with the, the star <laughs> player. So I guess there's parallels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going um, watch that. So movie facts we missed. Sanaa Lathan said that our basketball tryout was terrible because she'd oh. never played before. And she said it was so embarrassing because literally I did not know how to dribble. I didn't know how to hold the ball, but I'm proud of how it looks in the movie. I had no idea it would, I would be able to do that. So yay. For her. And she's very sports adverse still because of her audition process. Like, oh, wow. It, it scarred her. Poor <laughs> I could only imagine. The director, Jaina Prince, by third script sparked a bidding war at a reading at the Sundance Institute with Spike Lee's production company, 40 Acres and a Mule winning out. So that's awesome. So Spike Lee was a producer on this. Omar Epps and Sanaya Lathan starred together the year before in The Wood. They were in love interests, but they were, I, they were the grown-up versions of the kids in that movie. Yeah. That's another great one. An original draft of the script had Quincy break up Monica's wedding, but after reading the script at Sundance, Blythewood was told that it would be more progressive for Monica <laughs> to fight for Quincy. I'm sorry. What? What? Yeah, that's some bullshit. I wouldn't say progressive, but I mean, I it would have definitely been way too stereotypical of like, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. And then yeah. Quincy or... like is dribbling the basketball in the back. Like, <laughs> something Coming down that. the aisle. Glad they didn't go that route, but progressive is a stretch. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. they meant that like her character was so progressive the whole way so Mm -hmm. they feel like that would be very stereotypical of like how most rom-coms end instead of this was I feel more in line of her character but I just think I just don't like that she's fighting for this man who has still not apologized to her Mm -hmm. it just don't sit right with my heart but yeah. you know that's just me maybe that's why I'm still single so hey right <laughs> so little we would like to put up with yeah. <laughs> do I really want to play basketball I mean I could be in bed right now yeah. <laughs> um studios gave feedback that the film was too soft that they needed scenes where a character is chasing her husband with a knife when chopping around the script so this is before um a new line and um 40 acres yeah picked it up so this is the feedback she was getting which is very stereotypical Mm -hmm. you know I'm sure when Quincy's mom found out they thought there would be like a a scene where there's a black woman very angry and she's trying to kill her husband or whatever and that's not what happened or like physical violence in some fashion yeah yeah and like 
other I mean this movie too is so groundbreaking in terms of black movies in terms of breaking like a lot of stereotypes like you mentioned before that a lot of early 90s movies were very like violent and stuff and like I mean you think about movies like Boys in the Hood and um, stuff like that and that was very much on trend at the time mm-hmm. and this movie is like about suburban kids who like to play basketball like even even um he got game like Jesus Shuttlesworth is a kid from the projects his yeah. dad is in jail like he's trying to make something out of nothing and is a typical kind of basketball story of like everything's riding on him making it and these kids they just love basketball. That's mm-hmm. it. That's and the they, reason they play. And they come. Parents. They both come from nuclear families. Yes. They're in an upper class neighborhood. They don't have the the typical struggle that a lot of um, yeah. early nineties movies and had. This launched like in the two thousands. This is when you saw a lot of black movies where mm-hmm. you saw black people in careers they had money mm-hmm. you know very in mirroring what was actually really happening in the country because not all of us were you know in that situation where we weren't you know we were constantly in danger of getting killed and yeah dealing with drugs and all sorts of stuff it yeah. is a part of the black experience for some people but this was showcasing another side to it and it mm-hmm. launched so many other movies like it you know we yeah. saw the best man where all of them are you know in very prestigious yes they're in really good careers and they're just living the normal life but happen to be black which I think the golden time of black Hollywood (laughs) in some ways it's like a black renaissance yes because like yeah of course black people are fortunate amongst people of color to really have a good foot in Hollywood but we still have a lot to fight against and for. Mm -hmm. And this was definitely a moment in time where we shifted from like, again, those kinds of stereotypes to being able to show other viewpoints and pathways. Like, again, like you said, the best man, things like Brown Sugar, where you have two people who are a journalist and a music executive, like that shit's possible. Like we can Mm -hmm. do that stuff. And we were doing that stuff. Yeah. And I think we too, I always see on black Twitter, like we're tired of seeing slave movies or struggle love and stuff like that. And we just want to see more of that again. And I think that's coming from a lot of millennials who grew up seeing movies like this and miss that I don't want to always watch some sad like yeah struggle reminder that it's hard out here like and I want to be able to see people that look like me just chilling or living their best life and I don't want to just see comedies you know Mm -hmm. outlandish comedies that don't they're not rooted into things that I know in my life so oh last year every studio rejected the script until they got the table read at Sundance. The director, Gina Prince uh, Bythewood, quit her job in television to write the script, which she was writing for like a different world. And um, I think another show, South Central at the time. So that was J-Lo a huge- connection. <laughs> and Lathan said that she was miserable during the early stages of the shoot because the director insisted that she train up to six days a week, but couldn't forge a love connection with the basketball you know she wasn't having Mm -hmm. that 
feeling about the game. Lots yeah. of basketball, not a lot of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the director has a small cameo and she is actually playing against um, Monica when she's at USC. And so she says that her thing was to dive on the floor for the ball against Sinai, but it took three, 13 takes because I kept beating her to the ball and I could not not get the ball. So my knees were jacked by the end of the day. <laughs> so she was out balling her star. <laughs> There's she, that competitive spirit. She, yeah. she needs to take a seat. <laughs> she needs to take a seat. Like 13 takes, like really after like take five. Being a little too in. extra. Like I understand competitiveness, but that's ridiculous. Like yeah. you know, you're trying to make your star a fool. She probably wanted it to look real, but it's oh, like Jesus. no one would have been break. like, oh, she could have beat her to that ball. She had <laughs> to have known that like 90% of the people seeing this movie were women and like a very small percentage of us actually know what the hell's going on in the basketball. Yeah, totally. All right. So let's do our ratings now that we've gone to the movie. I'll start with you, Simone. What did you think? Um, so my current day rating would still be a five, a five day rental. I definitely would watch it again. Um, and I would like to rewatch, um, a lot of it, I guess now, definitely after talking about it, there's, I think some things that I might've missed because I just half the fun of me watching this was enjoying this experience with Bria and, I was sneaking kind of watches and glances at her because we were like FaceTiming on our personal devices and then just tried to like three, two, one play like our movies on the on the TV. And I would look over at her every now and again and just see her mouthing lines. And I just I just for me, it was just really fun watching it and also watching it through her eyes and her perspective and, and enjoying this together. So I would still rent this um, and watch it again. Only the only reason why I'm not keeping it as a movie of my own is because Quincy just couldn't get past his issues and and fully celebrate and appreciate and support Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that would have been more of a well-rounded movie if he had this like coming realization in his character story where he can be like, oh, you know what, it really isn't all about me, even though I try and push that and deflect that onto Monica, like you think the earth and the sun and the moon revolves around you, Mm -hmm. Um, because that's his mental attitude. How about you, Bria? Um, I'm still would buy it. Um, This time I got to pay for it myself, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was this close to buying a monica wright jersey on amazon so i'm very much still in love with this movie i will say though sima i do think quincy has that realization it's just probably poorly actualized Mm because i think him being on the sideline cheering her on when she is in the wnba is supposed to be kind of that moment but i think it would have been um beneficial for him to verbalize that for Mm -hmm. many different reasons yes jackie um, I'm going to go five day rental. It was very enjoyable and it has a lot of really interesting moments. Like you said, um, just a, a different point of view 
and a narrative that we don't get to experience that often. So, uh, yeah, would buy it. Would buy it again. Whatever. Um, <laughs> still one of my favorite movies. Um, I know for me, it's a lot of it is nostalgia um, mm-hmm. because of when I saw it. But also, it's just a really quality movie. The soundtrack is good. The actors are amazing. And I always just love a movie that is great representation. Yeah, it's just, it's a quality movie. I I even hate to call it a Black movie. I just think it's a great movie in general. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad. And if you've never seen this movie before, I would highly recommend you check it out and Give us your feedback of what you think. Was Quincy a fuckboy like we say? Or (laughs) (laughs) um, was Monica self-absorbed? I don't know. But let us know. As always, you can hit us up on our social media platforms at No More Late Fees on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, And if you want to support this podcast, please be very free to join us on our patreon page where you can get bonus um bonus features that don't make it to the podcast or to social you can get wonderful no more late piece stickers join our lives when we are doing other movies and watching them live and see jackie and i's reactions to them and just get some additional feedback on our wonderful guests and even spotify playlists before we say goodbye, we'd love for our pod pals, Simone and Bria from the Roll Call podcast to tell us how you guys can follow them along on their journey as they go through Jennifer Lopez, all of her movies, her entire collection. So you can find us at Roll Call Pod, that's R-O-L-E-C-A-L-L-P-O-D on all of our social media outlets, which is Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, reach us, interact with our page. Uh, we're new um, on in the realm of podcasting, but I mean, the JLo fans have been really nice to us so far, so <laughs> we've appreciated everyone who's allowed us some grace and 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 we're just having so much fun. So thank you all to your support. It's a and great thank you show. for having us. Yeah, oh, thank no. you so much. Thank for you so much for coming, coming on. Yeah, and we're excited to have you on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we really sign off, I'm going to shout out one of our podcast Patreon besties, Shannon. Again, it is her birthday. And we just want to thank her for all of her support and her wonderful feedback. Sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, I mean, Shannon 100% commits. She does. <laughs> and so like as soon as she sh- signed up as a Patreon bestie, she was like sending us private messages because <laughs> uh, we, we do ask me anything. She's like, okay, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And we're like, okay. <laughs> the feedback we love it. We appreciate yes. it. We appreciate you. Um, as you always tell me, you are a blessing to my life. And if you have any feedback, uh, want to start a discussion, have any suggestions, video store stories, uh, you can always hit us up at our Google Voice Quick Drop 909 601 and MLF 909 601. 
6653 and you can be featured on a future episode yeah cool well stay tuned for next week we have a really fun movie for you guys we are doing scary movie yay yay i was like what scary movie that was scary movie i love it and as always be kind and rewind